Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Supervalue Insurance. Offering sound advice for your car, home and travel insurance needs. Well, now this morning, author and playwright Roddy Doyle has navigated his way around the Dublin Marathon route to get here to our studio. Good morning, Roddy. Hello. You're here because you're going to tell me about Peter Pan with a Dublin twist coming to the Gate Theatre. It's such a clever idea. Who mm-hmm. came up with it? Well, it wasn't me. Selena <laughs> uh, Cartmel, who was the artistic director of the Gate uh, five years ago, we had, we had been working together on a stage version of The Snapper, my book and the film. And we'd had a great time doing it. And she had read Peter Pan and she'd loved it. And she said, did you ever read it? And I said, no. And said, will you? And I said, I would. And I did. And I loved it. And we had a chat and uh, we both agreed, yeah, we'd love to do this, but it would be set in Dublin. And then once I knew I was planting Peter Pan in Dublin, then really it, it and he took off, do you know? And have you changed the era at all, Roddy? Or is it set in the same kind of time no, period? No, the, the first production was uh, 1904. So I imagined this was Dublin 1904, which was also um, the year of Bloomsday. Ulysses is set in 1904. Mm. So I'd read Ulysses a couple of times and uh, so I felt in a way familiar and it really, it allowed me then to imagine the Darling family, you know, the, the Wendy and Michael and John living in Dublin's inner city. And I thought, well, if the Blooms could live on Eccles Street, which they do, well, the Darlings are their next door neighbours. So, you know, I began to uh, see them as real people in, in, in Dublin. So, uh, yeah, it, I kept very, very close to the original. Um, because it's brilliant. Mm. There are a load, the stage instructions in the original, I really couldn't understand a lot of them, you know. Apparently there were about 60 people employed behind the stage. Gas men, as they were called, these were, you know, instead of electricity, which is terrifying, carpenters up in the gods. And I couldn't understand a lot of the instructions. And a lot of mermaids, you know, a lot of mermaids. And (laughs) so more, more than 40 in the cast, apparently. Wow. Yeah, more pirates than you'd know what to do with. <laughs> that, that would fit in a ship, you know. <laughs> so I had to cut it back down in that way, but kept very close to the spirit of the thing. But you come to, say, a character like Wendy, mm. and she's really, by today's standards, very submissive. The whole idea of being a mother is all she wants. So she wants to do the spring cleaning. And I couldn't see that no. appealing to a modern teenage kid or even to a modern 65-year-old man like myself. So Definitely not. I gave her a bit of Dublin 21st century zip and that had consequences because Peter would say something and she'd answer, you know, as, as she would today. And that means that the plot goes off a little bit in a different direction. So there were, there were um, I kept very close to the spirit of the thing, but then allowed it a bit of breathing space and allowed it to have its own life. What about Peter Pan himself? He's a dub. He's a dub. Yeah. <laughs> We love it. The first thing, if I remember, when the first thing we see him, the first thing he says is, ah, here, you know, I'm amazing. You know, which... <laughs> anyway, the idea of a, a, a boy who refuses to grow up, it's, a, it's a fundamentally, it's an Irish story. <laughs> it has to be Irish. Yeah, definitely. And Wendy... Oh, no, let's talk about Captain Hook first, because it's a plot twist. But we're allowed to talk about it because the lovely Claire Dunn is Mrs. Darling and she's also Captain Hook. Captain Hook. Yeah, that was a, a very that was an idea I had almost immediately. I remember chatting with Selena about it and it's a kind of a gleeful idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's been done before. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. 
But it just seemed to make much more dramatic sense. It's fun. Captain Hook walks on and Captain Hook is a woman. Brilliant. You know, immediately brilliant. And also then I just thought it was more psychologically interesting, you know, that the, the mother would turn out to be, you know, the baddie as well. And uh, the notion that, it, you know, that notion, probably every mother, every parent in the world has said at some point to a child, I'll kill you. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Or the old one, I'll swing for you. <laughs> That's Captain Hook. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the flip side when you're Jesus I really don't I wish I didn't have these bloody kids I, God I hate them you know <laughs> that's Captain Hook so I just thought it was psychologically much more interesting much more much more a much fuller figure of a you know a complete human and then you got Claire to play it so it's brilliant so good and you have a brilliant director Ned Bennett he's a really yep. interesting choice to take on this and he also worked a lot in London but you brought him for a walk around Dublin didn't you so yeah, obviously yeah. to Eccles Street and all that well, part Well say I brought him on a walk like he, <laughs> he wasn't in a pram though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we walked together yeah. and it was really good I brought him well we went together to Ec- to uh, Eccles Street for example yeah. so pointed out where the houses where all the medical specialists from the matter private occupy those houses now. But that whole line really is as was. You got a great sense of what Dublin would have been like in uh, 1904. And we went to Henrietta Street and, you know, I told him a little bit about what it would have been like before the Act of Union and pointed out a house where maybe 95 people would have lived in it and the lost boys could have come out of that house. And then we down Dorset Street. Both of us had been to see all three of the O'Casey plays in the Abbey on Mm. separate night. And we were were full of it because it's such a brilliant thing to do to... Mm. Mitch for the day and go, you know, the three plays on the trot, particularly three masterpieces. So we went down Dorset Street where O'Casey grew up and around the corner then to the house he lived in, the room in the house he lived in, writing those three plays. So both him and me, we got a greater sense of because it's, a, you know, it's all five minutes from the gate. So we got a great sense of this fantasy story, you know, about children who fly and crocodiles and pirates actually takes place five minutes away from the Gate Theatre, which so was good. Yeah, it was great. It's an amazing story, actually. When you look back, though, on J.W. Barry and writing him, there was so much emotion and tragedy in his own oh, life yeah. that people don't know a lot about. You can become sidetracked by it, really, as I did for a while. I was reading about him. I mean, the tragedy, he, his older brother died in tragic circumstances and Barry used to dress up in his older brother's clothes and even try to do an impression of him to get his mother's attention, this woman who must have been grieving so heavily. Then, um, you know, he there was one thing that really moved me, that he, he was voted by girls in his class in school, the man, the boy with the nicest smile. But somewhere in his teens, that stopped, you know. And if you look at pictures of him, he never looks like a young man, you know. But um, he was married. The marriage, it would appear, was never consummated. And both him and his wife yearned for children, you know. And then he found these children that weren't his own, the boys, these five children of a different couple mm. and they they were the inspiration uh, for for Peter Pan. I think that couple died young. They died yeah. young and he ended up Take adopting the them, children yeah. you know and it's all you know they're, it could be seen as quite sinister uh, and one of the boys one of the boys died you know almost inevitably in World War One you know another 
died in a boating accident that might have been a suicide pact when he was a student. Uh, but one who lived into adulthood wrote to everybody he could remember being in the company of or seeing when he was a child and asking what was their impression of Barry and Barry and them. And uh, one woman wrote back and said that him and his, his wife, they could be overwhelming, you know. Mm-hmm. But out of all that, I mean, he wrote the Peter Pan story for those boys and a lot of what they, he heard went into the story. Even he was telling um, one of the boys, George, what happened to people after they die. And his line was, oh, to die will be an awfully big adventure. And it's a central line. Yeah. Peter's line. So, yeah, but there's awful sadness there. But out of that, he he uh, he wrote this incredible masterpiece. Really? Oh, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. And it's so tricky because you wonder who's telling the story? What's it about? And it's one of those things I, when I read it, was probably 60. I loved it. A 10 year old could read it and love it. You know, it's one of those, I think, that really merits reading and rereading. As I've read it so often now that I hope I never read it. <laughs> but nevertheless, it is really worth reading again. Now that you've written it for the theatre, and obviously you've so much experience yourself in that area, do you stand back now and let the direction take yeah. over? Yeah. I've been in, I saw a run through on Thursday or Wednesday, I think, and it was great. Uh, as all run throughs are the first time you go through it it's it's like the cast have been trained to run for a mile and then they're told actually they're, it's a marathon you're doing and so it was all over the place but brilliant it was very funny and you know now the next steps they're all in a way technical and I've nothing to do and I've complete trust in everybody involved in it you know there's a lot of now technical stuff there's a lot of movement I wrote a line saying that for example there's a fight and there's a lot of Errol Flynn type fighting <laughs> and that yeah. is a couple of minutes mm-hmm. you know and I, uh, I you know there may be three lines in there somewhere that I wrote but essentially it's all about movement or something I have nothing to say or nothing to contribute other than the fact that I've seen it happen like there's a line one of the characters says she's upside down when she says it and that's not in the script. <laughs> but when I saw it, I thought, oh, wow. You thought it's good. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever had a character say anything upside down. Yeah, before. there's always a first time. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And look, we were speaking earlier, um, you know, just before we went on air about your wonderful parents. And I was lucky enough a few years back to interview you with your mom and dad. And I'm thinking of what John Clark, Marion's husband, said about purpose in life and Ireland being a better place now than his parents' time. Like when you live here, are you hopeful for Dublin? Yeah, mm. because it's full of Dubliners. <laughs> <laughs> you know, basically. Yeah, I mean... Oh, the place has, a, you know, housing. We could go on listing the problems and they're mm. there. You know, I prefer to think of them as challenges. And But yeah, I'd always be hopeful. Yeah, always. Um, there's something about the air, something about the people who live here, the people who come here and settle here. There's a great energy in this place in Dublin. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be I'd be quite hopeful because um, I think an awful lot of the, the great improvements that have happened in Ireland have been despite the conditions as opposed to because of them, you mm. know. And I think, um, uh, you know, I think, you know, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for the question, but basically that's an honest answer. I'm not too precise about it, but yeah, I'd always be hopeful. Do you find it an inspirational place? You you never seem to lack inspiration oh, yeah. for writing. So oh, yeah. in other words, it must help you as a writer. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just wandering around. I have an office in the city centre, you know, that I started using, ironically, when everybody else was staying at home. And I was wandering around the city. It was empty, you know. Uh, I could step out onto Dame Street and cross it without looking left or right in the knowledge that I wasn't going to be hit. And you can't do that now. <laughs> no, it's jammed. It's packed. But I do wander around the city and I have a sense of the history of the place, you know. And, uh, you know, on top of that history, there are living breathing human beings. So there's a, it's a multi-layered place, like anywhere else. But I think it's kind of now and again, you can turn a corner and you realise this corner has been here for 400 years, you know. Yeah. And there's a, a woman with a pram at a, an, on the corner and that child only arrived a couple of weeks ago. And that's, I find that totally, uh, you know, really, really inspiring. And being, in the, being with the cast, the few times I've been with the cast of Peter Pan, I mean, a lot of them are about a third of my age, probably even less that. but just to be in their company and the, no, the notion that they're living and working here is really inspiring Have you a new book in the pipeline? You're already next very busy. year next, next year, year yeah next September it'll be out the book world is a slower world than say the music world so I finished it a couple of months ago it's all done it's all ready everything's ready to go but it's a, it'll be a year before it's on the shelves now, Peter Pan is opening at the Gate Theatre on Saturday, November the 11th. Previews are from Saturday, November the 4th. Will you be nervous? Do you ever get nervous these days? Oh, I'd always be nervous, yeah. And I, I don't mind. It, it, uh, I'd be, to be honest, I'd be worried if I wasn't nervous. Mm. I'm nervous for the right reasons. I'll go to all the, the, the previews. I'll be taking notes and having a chat with the director and the artistic director, Roisin McBrin, after it and coming in the next day and just seeing how it's going and it, it, so I'll be at work during the previews but I'd always be nervous yeah I've never it's live you know yeah. I remember when I had a musical version of The Commitments and the first preview in London it's a huge production like vast amount of people involved in it Joey the Lips the character the trumpet yeah. player comes onto the stage on a scooter he comes off the scooter and the scooter starts rolling towards the lip of the stage with the front wheel spinning. And the people at the very front were howling with laughter, thinking this was in the script. <laughs> and they didn't realise how close they were to being decapitated. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be, sounds like it's going to be fantastic. I said, Peter Pan opens the Gate Theatre Saturday, November the 11th. Preview Saturday, November the 4th. Tickets, gatetheatre.ie. Roddy Doyle as ever. Thanks so much for coming Thank you. in this morning.